Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, we have an amazingly important uh, show today, and it's called What Can We Learn from Israel's Response to Coronavirus? Now, in case you haven't been uh, hearing this in the news, um, there it actually, uh, it actually hasn't been in American news um, promoted that much. But, in fact, as of this moment, Israel only has 308 deaths from coronavirus, which is 2%. Where, and America, actually uh, 2%, 1%, between 1% and 2%. Um, actually, America has uh, 123,000 123, deaths, which is 11%. We have in America 2.37 million confirmed cases, and in Israel there was 21,246 confirmed cases. Now, of course, confirmed cases—that um, isn't a, you know, that isn't a number that you can um, put a lot of uh, confidence in because a lot of it has to do with how many tests there were. So, but. The, the number of deaths, 308 deaths in the whole country of Israel is amazing. So why does Israel have so few deaths and, you know, relatively few cases? We're going to find out today with my guest, David Rubin. He has uh, been on the show before talking about all kinds of things Israel. We are actually talking to him in Israel today. Um, He's the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He's the author of six books. Um, he is the founder and president of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, which he established after he and his then three-year-old son were wounded in a terror attack. We've talked about that before on the show. Um, so he is the real deal, and he knows what's going on in Israel, and we want to know. <laughs> what's going on? What does Israel have that we don't have? Actually, what they don't have is more cases of COVID. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, thank you, Dr. Carroll. Good to be with you. So, I so would you like me to answer that, that question? Well, yes, but I'm going to have lots of questions that relate to that. Okay, is there one answer that you would um, specifically want to say to that? No, uh, but what I would <laughs> like to say, uh, yeah. yeah, what I would like to, to to preface any answer with is yes. a little bit more background, if I could. Sure. Uh, the 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 real comparison that I think is important to make is between Israel and New York City. Because in New, York, New York City has approximately 9 million residents. Israel has approximately 10 million residents. So a very similar number of residents. Uh-huh. New York City 
has, New York City has had over 20,000 deaths uh, from coronavirus, well, well over 20,000 at this point. And Israel has had slightly over 300. So I think just making that comparison, that, that contrast, uh, yes. it's, it's so fascinating because the numbers of the population are so similar, yet the number of deaths are, are so drastically different. Yes, so that's what I would like you to analyze. There are a lot of components to this. Um, and let's just start with wherever you would like in terms of um, analyzing the difference. Okay, well, uh, first of all, Israel was hit pretty hard in the very beginning. Uh, but the the leadership of the country went into action very quickly as, as well. And, you know, we're a different kind of country in many ways. Uh, we're a country that's co- constantly under attack uh, from, from terrorism, from wars, from, from the surrounding Arab or Muslim nations or, or the the enemies from the Palestinian terrorist organizations within the country or within the areas that we control. And so, so they have, this, this country knows what a state of emergency is. And when we're in a state of emergency, we, we very quickly go into that emergency mode. And, and the, the prime minister calls for a state of emergency and he says, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, Israelis, who mostly serve in the army at some point or, or have some sort of national civilian service, so we, we know what it is to uh, be in that type of situation where, where you have an emergency and you have to deal with the emergency and you have to follow orders and you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to be disciplined. So that, that's what happened here. It took a couple of weeks to get it all together, but uh, within two to three weeks, the whole country was shut down almost completely. And, and then after about a month to two months, we started to open up again with, with other kinds of guidelines. And now the country is completely open again. Uh, but there, uh, there, there has been a slight rise in infections, and there are certain things that are going to be done to halt that rise in infections. I will be surprised if we have a, an absolute shutdown again. Uh, I'll also be surprised if we have a partial shutdown again. So, um, you know, this is very interesting. But, but when we shut down, we also did certain things that were different uh, than, than what has been done in places like New York and Los Angeles uh, that, that were hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yes, continue. Like what? Okay, okay. So, for, for example, uh, the, uh, the borders were shut down right away. Okay, in the United States, 
there, there's been a little bit of controversy. Well, uh, did did President Trump shut down soon enough? Uh, what was he right to shut down? What did the Democrats say when he shut when he limited um, when when he halted immigration from China and Europe? Uh, what did Joe Biden say? You know, so there are all kinds of interesting questions there. Uh, in Israel, it was just shut down. Just uh, shut it down right away. Uh, close the borders. Shut down the flights. And that's what happened. And that was a, a critical first step. Now, true, it's easier to do it here because we're a small country. Uh, we're a country about the size of New Jersey. It's much easier for us to do it, but we did it. And, and, and then uh, the people were, were uh, who, whoever had coronavirus, whoever was diagnosed as having coronavirus, uh, had to go to what we call the corona, coronavirus hotels. Uh, what does that that's mean? A, uh, Israel, that's a great name, a great name for them, a euphemistic name if ever I heard is that like the Hilton well, or well, the, there's a uh, reason. Or the... Yeah. Go ahead. There is a reason for it. Uh, because uh, Israel is a country uh, that has as one of its main industries tourism. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. a tourism-rich country. The people are coming here all the time, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, coming in here. Uh, to to visit our country, uh, they want people want to see Jerusalem. They want to see uh, the Galilee. Uh, they, they they want to tour the country in the mountains, in the hills, in the beaches. That you know, we're we're uh, in the deserts. We're a very vast country for a tiny country. Uh, you you, mm-hmm. you travel for forty five minutes, and you're in another climate. So uh, the, so the people. Uh, thrive on the tourism. It's a big industry. Uh, in fact, my wife works in income, incoming tourism, but but she she you know she's out of work now. The whole country shut down from tourism. Mm. Uh, there is no tourism, and all of the hotels shut down completely. Mm. So one way uh, that they you know one one very creative. A um, member of the government who was uh, at that time defense minister uh, decided that everyone who has a mild case, either, either a moderate or, or light case of coronavirus, should go not into the hospitals, which were very overburdened in the beginning, but go to corona hotels. And, and so, so some, of the, some of the nicest hotels in Israel were were rented out and set up as Corona hotels. And people went to, to these hotels because they, instead of being quarantined in their own homes where they couldn't be treated uh, properly, they were sent to these hotels. And, and in the hotels, there were doctors and, they, and they, the doctors and nurses and medical staff, and they did what they needed to do uh, to, to heal these patients. And uh-huh. and before you know it, they they they, they were cl- all clear, and they and they were able to go on with their well, at, the, at least at that point, to go back into shutdown in their own homes with their families, and uh, you know, so 
uh, it, it was, I, I think, a brilliant uh, uh, strategy. And that way the, the hospitals were able to focus on the really serious patients to make sure they had their ventilators, uh-huh. to make sure that they were being treated for the serious illness that it was. And, uh, and I believe very strongly uh, that because of that, uh, that strategy, we were able to uh, keep the number of deaths low, and the serious patients uh, were mostly healed. Yes. No, I really think both of those strategies, the uh, not letting people come in um, from outside the country and um, these coronavirus hotels, um, you know, were, were very... Um, it, it, you know, they were very strong decisions and very good decisions. And, um, yes, you're right. Like in the U.S., uh, you know, people argue about these things. It's all, all is arguing. And meanwhile, more people were getting sick and dying from COVID. Um, go ahead and continue with, I know uh, one of the things that, um, one of the steps that the government took um, had to do with something that I did have a question about. Lots of people had questions about. I mean, these first two things, starting down the borders and the coronavirus hotels, were pretty um, made a lot of sense. So I would imagine there wasn't. Is, is it true that there wasn't that much controversy about it? Oh, there, there was no controversy about it. Uh, everyone agreed that it had to be done. Even the people that were going to be hurt by it in the pocketbook, uh, they, they agreed that it had to be done. And uh, there really was no controversy about those two uh, strategies in particular. Now, now, now there, there, there were other things as well that I should point out, such as in, in New York City, uh, there, there were a, a lot of nursing homes uh, that were forced to take in coronavirus patients. And, and then the coronavirus spread like wildfire through the nursing homes in New York City and New York State, for that matter. And that's something that in Israel was not done at all. In Israel, right away, and, uh, and I, I believe it has something to do with our strong family heritage and uh, the, the honor uh, that we give the, to the family and to elders in particular. Um, I'm not saying that Americans don't, but uh, you know, apparently serious mistakes were made uh, by Cuomo and de Blasio in, in dealing with uh, these issues. Uh, so yeah. uh, I, I have to point out, I have to point out that in, in Israel, it was very clearly uh, people were instructed right from the beginning uh, to keep their distance from the grandparents and to the, and, and the nursing homes were going to be protected and they were going to be given the medical care, the extra medical care that was needed. And, you know, we have an expression in Hebrew, uh, the you know, on the holiday, the Jewish holiday of Sukkot, uh, there, there is um, there's a, a fruit that you hold in your hand during this reli- particular religious uh, ceremony that we do in our services in the synagogue, and 
Uh, it's called an etrog. And it's like this little, it's like a little, a little lemon, you know, very attractive looking fruit. And so we, we always, and you know, when you get a really nice one, uh, people say you have to protect it. And so it became an expression in Israel to protect, uh, that, that we protected the nursing homes like you protect an etrog. Mm. And, and, mm. Uh, and we, we really did, you know, we, we just like, it was what the nursing homes were watched over. Uh, the the distance was kept, and they were provided with the medical staff that they needed. So we we did not have a rampant spread of coronavirus through the nursing homes, uh, with the, with a couple of exceptions, notable exceptions. Uh, but in general, well, we didn't. And it, yeah. in New York, it spread like wildfire. Yes, and when we come back, I want to revisit this topic. Um, and, and since the majority of people who died in America uh, were older, um, and especially in the nursing homes, uh, you know, that accounts for a, a part of the large difference in the deaths in Israel and the U.S. But yes, I want to talk about that. It made me sick what happened in New York State um, with Cuomo and de Blasio sending the uh, COVID-positive or coronavirus-positive patients back into or into the nursing homes. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Some controversial things, too, I want to talk about. Uh, When we come back, um, my guest is David Rubin. He's the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. We're talking to him in Israel author of six books, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, how you can, at the end of the show, I'll give you his um, websites and so on. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about what can we learn from Israel's response to coronavirus that saved um, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of deaths. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com welcome back to dr carol's couch if you have a question or comment for dr carol dial toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now back to the show here's dr carol lieberman and welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about what can we learn from Israel's response to coronavirus with um, someone who should know. We're going to Israel to talk with David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He is the founder and president of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund that he established after he and his then three-year-old son were wounded in a terror attack. We're talking about how is it that Israel only has 308 deaths when New York um, has 20, where is that? <laughs> where, where, what, you tell me, that, oh, 20,000 deaths. New York has 20,000 deaths with 10 million people. Israel has 308 deaths with 9 million people. How, how is that possible? Well, we were just talking before the break about one of the reasons um, and that is that in New York City and New York State, the um, mayor, de Blasio, and Governor Cuomo made the outrageous mistake of, well, they've made lots of outrageous mistakes. I mean, I don't know why they haven't been recalled yet, um, but they made the outrageous mistake of um, allowing, in fact, ordering um, people who are COVID positive to be either returned to nursing homes that they came from and for those who weren't in that nursing home to be sent to nursing homes. And of course, in nursing homes, um, there is not the same kind of level of care for people as there are in hospitals. And, um, and we know, of course, that coronavirus is most severe in the elderly and has more deaths in the elderly. And part of that is because the elderly generally have underlying medical problems. Um, and just in general, that they don't, that they're not as strong to be able to withstand this. Their immune system isn't as strong and so on. So putting people in nursing homes who are COVID positive um, was giving a death sentence to the other people in those nursing homes. And um, they are, there are some lawsuits that have begun uh, about this, but it was just, it, it, was, it was murder. I mean, they should be on trial, I believe. They should be on trial for murder. What do you think, David Rubin? Oh, I, think, I think it was horrible. I think it was horrible what, what was done. As I've said, uh, that, you know, in Israel, we, we really protected our, our nursing homes and we protect. We really protected the elderly, and and uh, it's, it's. I think it's absolutely scandalous uh, that the, the way Cuomo handled it, and uh, and I and De Blasio even worse. And I and I think that uh, it's it's even more incredible uh, that that the media has has fawned over Cuomo. Uh, um, and and his uh, his speeches, his periodic speeches, giving updates, and 
and criticized uh, Trump severely. Uh, so, I, yeah, I thought that was rather unfair, looking looking in from the outside. And uh, so, 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 yeah, I think it was just terrible. Uh, there's one more thing that I didn't mention to you, and I neglected to mention, uh, which is when when things got uh, reached their peak here, uh, Israel closed down a lot of neighborhoods. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the total shutdown period. I'm talking about when things either uh, had not been totally shut down yet or when they started to open up again. And there were, there was, uh, there were studies done to see where the problems were worst. And, and it, in the neighborhoods in the particular cities and neighborhoods that had been hit especially hard uh, with the coronavirus that had the highest numbers of infections and deaths, uh, those, those places were, were given a special treatment. Uh, they were the, the, the roads leading to those neighborhoods were closed. Uh, the, the cars going into those neighborhoods were checked very carefully. Uh, to see who was inside. The temperatures were taken of people who were coming into those neighborhoods and and people were checked very stringently to make sure that everyone was wearing masks and uh, doing, you know, keeping the social distancing and doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, so that strategy was very effective. And, and now that we have completely opened up again, uh, there and and there has been a slight increase in the cases, so uh, there there is talk again of closing down certain neighborhoods and and doing some of those same strategies as concerns the the targeted uh, shutdowns and targeted shutdowns make a lot of sense because you know if you look at uh, the United States as an example. It makes absolutely no sense to have a total shutdown in uh, some place like Montana, which has which has had uh, the the lowest number of of uh, deaths and infections uh, with as compared to some place like New York. You know, there's no reason why uh, the why every state should be treated exactly the same and every city should be treated exactly the same. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, what were some of the common characteristics amongst the places that did have the highest uh, numbers of cases? Um, you know, the places that, like that, what you were just talking about, were there some demographic characteristics that made these places alike? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there, there, there were... Um, I, I would say that the main the, the main issue from the studies that have been done uh, has has been population density, and the uh, Israel is a pretty dense country, pretty pretty densely populated country. But uh, the the cities that are the most densely populated, and the neighborhoods within those cities that are the most densely populated were the ones that were particularly hard hit. Uh, we also found that uh, the, the, the places 
the where the population uh, where their lifestyle tended to lead to density, uh, such as the more religious populations, those who go to synagogue far often and in in and live in neighborhoods. Uh, where the where they have a lot of these little synagogues where with a lot of people crowd into uh, in in those places uh, the 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 rate of infection was much higher in places where people go to a lot of beaches uh, which is interesting that's kind of the other end of the uh, segments of the population uh, the, the more secular population and the, those who go into the beaches a lot and walking out on the promenade a lot when they were supposed to be in shutdown, so there were problems there as well. Uh, so so th- th- those are some of the variables that we saw. Now let's get to um, what I think of. I'm not really sure how I feel about this. I know that it's controversial and uh uh, so I want to hear all about this. The the most controversial uh, action that is, Israel took was to um, follow the people who were COVID positive, to follow, to track people who were COVID positive with technology that ha- was used in the past only to track terrorists. So tell us all about that. Oh, certainly. That was very controversial here uh, because we know what the Israeli intelligence services are able to do. Uh, the, our intelligence services are quite advanced, and and they they, they make a great effort uh, on behalf of of our country and our security, and we we're well aware of that. Uh, but we also believe very strongly in our in our individual rights and our freedoms, and uh, and there are many people who consider it an assault on freedom to to be tracked uh, via your cell phone, and it, it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and and it it was okayed, but with certain limitations, uh, that none of the information could be maintained uh, after uh, the person is all clear of having the coronavirus. Uh, but that was done because there were, there were people who were coming back from overseas and they were uh, supposed to be quarantined and, and some of them weren't quarantining. And it was, it was voluntary uh, for you know, it's based on an honor system that we believe that people were going to quarantine for those two weeks, uh, but there were many who didn't. So uh, there, there had to be some crackdown uh, because it imperils the population. You know, yes, we believe in individual freedom, but we also believe in the common good. And, and so, so some, some measures had to be taken. Uh, on and, and now... After it had been lightened up for a while, now there's a lot of talk about reimposing it. If if we decide to open the borders uh, again, right now the borders are starting to be opened up a bit for returning Israelis, uh, but it's still off limits to foreigners, and so the the, the tour, tourism industry here is still zero, 
And uh, but there, there's talk of how to actually do it and how to open it up again. So, what kinds of things happened um, with people who disagreed with the tracking? Were there protests? Were there, you know, was it all peaceful? Just the court decided, or were there uh, people who actually did some kind of active protests or something? No, no, there, there really wasn't active protests. Uh, there, there were some individual rebels who have rebelled against the rules uh, in their individual lives. You know, you have those who walk through the streets with uh, masks on their chin. Uh, but but the, the, the bottom line is that most of the population, I would say 99% of the people, have have adhered to the rules and and when uh, as far as the quarantines and the tracking and all of that, most of the population was okay with it and there, there there were no protests in the streets you didn't have any things like we saw in Michigan, for example, uh, where people were mm-hmm. out there protesting in the streets protesting against the rules and you certainly you know, when I look at uh, what's been going on, and I realize that's a different topic, but it's a related topic, all of the protests um, or riots and or insurrections, whatever you want to call it, what's been going on in some of the major mm-hmm. cities of the United States, um, you know, it's a, where there are certainly issues that have to do with the coronavirus and, and the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, but interestingly, uh, the the media in the United States has been surprisingly quiet about that. I've noticed. <laughs> yes, you know it's so everything is so political here. Um, you know, we uh, uh, there was talk. I mean, there were protests like in Michigan and uh, other places about uh, the government saying the lockdowns that we had and so on, all the different rules. Um, and I must say that I was speaking out about. Uh, that we have to be careful um, that the government isn't doesn't keep overstepping its bounds. This could be like uh, 19 George Orwell's 1984, and so on. Not that I was encouraging people to go out without a mask and so on, but I did feel that people should have some individual say about it, uh, make decisions for themselves. But um, but you know what is going on now. Um, it, so, so you know, there were people who said, uh, oh, we shouldn't have these protests. These protests are bad. The protests like in Michigan and in other states, Nevada and so on, Las Vegas, um, that's bad because these people are going to spread coronavirus. They're not wearing masks, or even if they are, they're standing too close together, all of that. Um, those people were, are amazingly quiet now when there are all these protests um, and riots and looting uh, because of the George Floyd murder. All of a sudden, in fact, I don't know if you know about this, but um, this just outraged me. There, were, there was a petition that um, doctors and other medical personnel signed uh, saying that, that it's okay for the people to protest in regard to George Floyd. Uh, even some of the people who had said it wasn't okay to protest about the lockdowns. So it's such hypocrisy here, and it really bothered me that doctors and other medical personnel would say that something was okay, you know, to be less than six feet apart, to not have masks, all this stuff, when they knew damn well that it wasn't okay. 
Um, so that's the kind of thing going on here. It's time to take another break. Uh, I'm really, I want to keep ask, talking to you about this. This is just so interesting. I wish, uh, I wish the U.S. and I wish other countries would do the same kinds of things that Israel does, has, has been doing, and keeping the death rate down to 300, 308 cases. I mean, that's unbelievable in a country of 9 million people, which is just like New York, 10 million, where there are over 20,000 deaths in New York. All right, I'm talking to my guest, David Rubin. He is the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He is in Israel. We're going to continue talking with him about um, how, how Israel did it, basically. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with uh, David Rubin in Israel. He is the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He is the founder and president of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, and I will give you those websites at the end. Um, We're talking about what can we learn from Israel's response to coronavirus, which has saved far more people than, than America. And then many other, I guess, is it most other, all other countries at this point? I would imagine so, right, David? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. <clears throat> I would say so. Um, I mean, New Zealand has gotten totally out of it. They're, they're completely, supposedly, uh, completely out of it. They've even told people they don't have to wear masks anymore. 
so, mm. so there, there are several countries uh, that are in a better condition than we are. Uh, but, but certainly we uh, are in much better condition as compared to comparable countries or cities like New York City that we've compared. Uh, not even close, not even close to the situation uh, New York City or a country like Belgium, which has a similar population, far higher death rate. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in pretty good shape here. Let's talk about vaccines. Um, I know that early on it was mentioned that Israel, Israel has been working on a vaccine for poultry um, in regard to coronavirus, and so they kind of have a head start. Tell us where, what the status of that is in Israel. Uh, well, they're, they're moving forward. They're, they're busy with human testing now. Uh, and what, what that was all about, was uh, there? There was a there's a research uh, team uh, that is based uh, up in the Galilee, and they've been they they have been testing for years, <clears throat> for several years now, uh, for the coronavirus uh, that that affected poultry, and but but it's also a coronavirus. So the the uh, a, a lot of the signs and the and symptoms, they, they're, they're all the same as the coronavirus for humans, which is what, what we're all facing uh, right now. You mean, uh, do you so, mean the poultry were coughing? The chickens were coughing? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about the exact uh, details <laughs> and symptoms, but... But I, but I do know that they say at least as far as the infection goes and the, and the, uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the scientific uh, features that, that they have to deal with are incredibly similar between the two coronaviruses, the ones that deal with the poultry and the ones that deal with, uh, uh, with the illness in humans. So, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if they, they were taking the temperatures of the chickens or you know what they were actually doing, uh, but, but I, I do know that because of it, uh, they already had a vaccine uh, that that works for the for the poultry. So they uh, they they have uh, simply been adapting that vaccine so that it will be a successful vaccine for humans. And they, they believe that that has cut down on the time frame substantially, and they're, they're in human testing. I, I know there are other research projects, uh, not just in Israel. Uh, there, there are others in Israel as well, but uh, also in the United States and the UK, uh, where they are uh, in that advanced stage of working on the uh, of the vaccine, so I'm very hopeful that uh, by the end of the year there will be uh, a usable vaccine, and and frankly, um, you know, I'd be very happy if Israel is the one to uh, discover it. But uh, if it happens any other country, we would be just as happy. So now, do you know anything about um, the results 
on humans so far in Israel of the vaccine? Well, they they uh, not not the final results results, but they they say that. Uh, that it's everything is looking good. Everything is moving forward in a very positive way. Uh, so, uh, so we're we're very optimistic. There, there, now there have have been other interesting uh, studies that have been done in Israel. Uh, they they've also um, in Bar Ilan University uh, there is there is a, a disinfectant, which is a, a water based disinfectant. Uh, that is used just like a regular spray and uh, a disinfectant spray that people would use in their own homes or in hotels. And uh, this uh, disinfectant, though, has been found to be successful in in stopping uh, COVID-19. So they're they're, they're very close to the production phase of uh, development of this uh, disinfectant. Now, what about, do you know um, whether Israeli doctors are using hydroxychloroquine to treat yes. people with COVID? Uh, the, the answer is yes. And it has been used. It has been used together with zinc. And, and it, it has been found to be successful in treating patients. And for that reason, Israel shipped thousands of, of um, these medications to the United States uh, for use in, in American hospitals. So yes, it has been found to be uh, successful and in treating many of the patients. And obviously every single well, case is different, uh, but, but it has been found to well, be successful. Yes, you know, it's really a tragedy in the U.S. Um, there are doctors who have been using it and who have had success with it. And there was a, there's a doctor in, um, it might have been the first one, I don't know who was first, but a doctor in uh, France who has used it and did studies and so on and found it that it worked. Um, and in America, because of politics uh, and because President Trump said that people should use it, could use it, uh, and took it himself, um, you know, that started a war in terms of people saying, oh, hydroxychloroquine is, is terrible, you shouldn't use it, it's not, and in fact, the FDA has said, has put some, uh, has said that doctors can't prescribe it for, uh, for COVID, which is the number of patients who have died, are dying, because the, their doctors aren't able to get Hydroxychloroquine. It, that's another. Um, that's another case of murder. Uh, you know, it is really. I mean, first of all, we, hydroxychloroquine has been around for decades, uh, used for arthritis, used for malaria, of course, and other kinds of things. People are taking it, not having uh, severe side effects, and um, it was so. It was just totally political. We had Dr. Fauci who was saying, uh, you know, who was against it and um, presumably has some clout with the FDA. And it is really sad because, I mean, we had something where pharmacies um, started asking uh, doctors what they were prescribing it for. Doctors are supposed to be the ones who have control over what they prescribe their patients. I mean, what? 
If you have a patient with COVID and you think hydroxychloroquine will work, you're not allowed to prescribe it. I mean, so many things are happening here because of politics um, that are to the detriment of citizens. It is, it is really, really awful. And it's, it's heartening to hear um, about the things that are going on in Israel where people are really looking out for each other, uh, particularly what you were talking about, the nursing homes and the elderly and the respect that Israelis give to their elders and wanting to protect them, like you said, like the, the etrog, like the lemon, um, and so on. And here it's just people are just blinded by um, whether which side, you know, who's saying what. And talking about President Trump, um, David Rubin is also the author of a book called Trump and the Jews, as well as five other books. Um, but, you know, he has been uh, the voice and the presence of calmness during this whole pandemic in America, um, whereas Dr. Fauci was, I described him as the face and the voice of gloom and doom. And because he's been saying so many things that have been stressing people out, stress weakens the immune system, so more people have been vulnerable to getting coronavirus. I want to make sure we have enough time. We're coming to the end of the show, so I want to make sure we have enough time. I want to give out the websites um, for my guest. The, The main website that you should go to to see the amazing work that he's doing is uh, www.shilohisraelchildren.org. Shiloh is S-H-I-L-O-H, Israel, children.org. And that was founded to, um, well, we have two minutes left. Why don't you tell us, tell, tell my listeners what it was founded for. Sure, sure. The Shiloh Israel Children's Fund. Uh, which you can get more information at shilohisraelchildren.org, uh, is, is what I founded after my three-year-old son and I w- were wounded in a terrorist attack. And, and what, what, what I started was a therapeutic educational campus for over 2,000 children. And where our focus is on healing the trauma of the terror victim children through therapeutic and educational programs, an integrative therapeutic and educational program uh, to heal trauma using music and art and animals and therapeutic horseback riding, all all kinds of a wide variety of uh, uh, strategies uh, that work. Uh, So, you know, those people who want to stand with us you know, should go to that website, shilohisraelchildren.org. Yes, it is an amazing, go there and look at the amazing work that is being done. Um, it is a model for, uh, for children, what should be done for children all over the world who have been victims of terror attacks. Well, um, yes, we and are Dr. At the Carol, end of- Dr. Carroll, if I could just, if I have a few seconds, sure. I just want to yes, point out ahead. Uh, that you you were mentioned you mentioned my book Trump and the Jews, and one of the one of the reasons I wrote it is because I want pe- I wanted people to learn the facts and and really focus on the facts and put aside the polarization uh, because sometimes polarization 
and, and division uh, blinds us uh, from, from the facts. And sometimes the facts are what really unites us. So I, I, I want to encourage Americans and you know, and I, I've been living in Israel 28 years, but I'm, I'm, I'm still a dual citizen. I grew up in the United States. I, I still love the United States, and I, and I think, uh, you know, America has an amazing heritage, and I think people, instead of focusing on uh, and letting the anarchists uh, name the rules of the game, I, I think people need to try and join together and, and find find unity uh, there's, there's unity in healing as we know in the Shil- in the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund uh, we know that there is unity in healing and I I just want to encourage Americans to uh, come together and and uh, try to heal focus on uh, what is positive and and um, you know, don't don't make a rush to judgment about someone like President Trump, who I, who I think is is a pra- very much a pragmatist. I know he's a pragmatist, and he's uh, trying his best to bring the country back from, really bring the country back from the precipice, and and to help people to focus on what is positive in America. Yes, very well said. Well, thank you so much, David Rubin, for uh, all of your insights. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 